0: Today is Thursday, March nineteenth, 2020. On this day in 1946, the murder trial of French doctor Marcel Pétiot began in Paris. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder trial of Dr. Pétiot, one of the country's most infamous serial killers. Let's go back to the morning of March 19, 1946. It was a grim day in Paris, but the members of the press were all smiles this would be the trial of the year and they had a front row seat to the circus they had trouble keeping enough papers on the stands lately and whatever was going to be disclosed today would only amplify their sales they gathered outside the palace of justice in the center of the city before being led inside it was a messy business they'd heard about the 49 year old doctor who'd been labeled dr satan by a few of their colleagues and they were itching to get a look at him. When they finally made it inside, the courtroom was packed. Everyone gathered in the gallery knew the salacious details. The doctor's deeds had first been discovered over two years before, on March 11th, 1944, when a concerned neighbor called the police. They'd been complaining about a foul stench coming from the mansion, at 21 Rue Le Sueur for weeks. But because of the German wartime occupation, nothing had been done. But by the 11th, the smell was exceptionally noxious, and the mansion's chimneys were expelling more black smoke than usual. When the authorities arrived at the large house, less than a mile from the Arc de Triomphe, they could see the smoke billowing out of the stacks on top of the roof. Nailed to the door was a letter. It stated that Dr. Petiot would be back next month. Concerned that there was a fire inside and no one home, the police called in the fire department. When the fire brigade knocked down the door, they noticed the smoke was coming from below, in the basement. Initially, they were relieved by what they found. There wasn't any out of control fire, but the furnace was burning white hot. They swiftly turned it down. But as they stood there, they could tell something just wasn't right. There were dozens of suitcases lining the walls and clothes were scattered across the floor. What they noticed next was almost beyond comprehension. With the threat of fire extinguished, they could clearly see an assortment of body parts littered about the basement. A portion of an arm was found in the fire, and various mutilated bodies were found in the suitcases. In one gruesome instance, the authorities found what looked like skin inside a travel bag. The police knew they needed to find Dr. Marcel Petiot. Immediately, while they waited for someone to locate him, they took a tour of the property. Authorities found a quicklime pit in his backyard, It looked like it had been used to dispose of even more bodies. The authorities looked all around town, and then finally someone was able to get a hold of Petiot. He had been at his office, and when they talked to him on the phone, he rushed home. He claimed to be just as shocked as they were. He had no idea how these bodies had gotten into his house. However, he confided in them, He was an officer in the resistance and had important matters to attend to. Somehow believing him, the police let him go in the hopes that he would come back later. Unsurprisingly, that was the last that anyone saw of him for over six months. It wasn't until October 13, 1944, that he was located by a French intelligence officer Petiot was using a pseudonym and had changed his appearance. He was quickly arrested and waited for trial. As he was led into the courtroom on March 19, 1946, the reporters clamored to get their first live look at him. His picture had been published, but he looked completely different now. He was clean-shaven and had a wild look in his eyes. They were also surprised by his noticeable limp. He didn't look like a killer, but they all knew the prosecution had damning evidence against him. How could he explain it? He couldn't. What came to light in the following days horrified them all. Up next, we'll hear about the fate of Dr. Petiot and his legacy of crime. Now back to the story. On March 19th, 1946, Dr. Marcel Pétiot stood trial for allegedly killing 26 people in France in the 1940s. Dozens of people gathered in the courtroom to witness the beginning of his case. The journalists in the courtroom clamored for more details on the man they called Dr. Satan, but it would be days before they got the full story. The prosecution believed that Pétiot had advertised an underground network, help get people out of France during the German occupation. These people were Nazi targets and more often than not, Jewish. The prosecution alleged that he told these people he could get them to South America in exchange for roughly 25,000 francs, an enormous sum. Authorities claimed Petio told his victims to meet him at his house. There, he helped prepare them for the journey, specifically he administered a vaccine. But instead of inoculating them, he shot them full of cyanide and walked out of the room. He then watched them through a peephole as they slowly died alone. While he was only on trial for the deaths of 26 individuals, the prosecution believed there could be hundreds of victims. Interestingly, Petiot admitted to killing at least 63 people during the war, but he insisted that they were German sympathizers and, therefore, deserved to die. He also claimed that he was part of a resistance group known as the Flytox Gang. He said the only people he killed were buried in a forest outside of Paris. He maintained that he had no idea how the bodies had ended up in his house, and believed that he was being framed by allies of Germany. He also said that he was in possession of a weapon that could kill a man from over 30 feet away without being able to be detected. But when the judge asked to see the weapon, he refused, claiming the government couldn't be trusted with such information. It was all so outrageous. The French press was almost gleeful in their reporting of the case. However, the trial didn't last long. The French prosecution had an overwhelming amount of evidence to support their claims, and Petiot's explanation didn't help his case. Within weeks, he was convicted of the murders and sentenced to death. Petiot was sent to one of France's most notorious institutions, La Santé prison in Paris. At 4 a.m. on May 25, 1946, Petiot was woken up in his bed. He was ordered to leave his cell and handed a cigarette that he quickly smoked. He told the guard, I know what this is. He slowly made his way out to the courtyard of the prison. There, he was confronted with the guillotine. As he walked slowly toward the device that would end his life, He reportedly said, gentlemen, I am yours. He placed his head on the block and his neck rested beneath the 30 pound steel blade. It was over in an instant. His death was fast, but his insidious legacy remains a dark stain on French history to this day. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original, Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a podcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Tyler Walker, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.